The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. We'll chat to Chris Bishop in just a moment. Chris is, of course, the founding editor of Billionaire Tomorrow, looking at stories from across the African continent. Before we uh, get hold of him, uh, let's just uh, remind you that Mduduzi Lutuli is standing by. Mduduzi is the founder of Lutuli Capital. Um, and looking forward to catching up with him this evening and talking all about diversification. Um, asset managers throw it about, financial advisors throw it about. Everybody talks about it uh, as, as if it's something, it's, it's easy for them. But an incredibly difficult thing to get right. So how do you perfect this notion of diversification? That is what we're talking about on our investment school coming up later. But first, our Africa Business Focus brought to you by RMB, your corporate and investment banking partner. Traditional values, innovative ideas. And Chris Bishop, uh, the founder of Billionaire Tomorrow. Um, uh, talk to me about uh, Patrick Bitaturi, is that how you pronounce his name? I know he's a, a personal friend, Chris Bishop. Um, Chris Bishop, of course, knows so many of Africa's billionaires. Uh, Patrick Bitaturi, is that his name? That's indeed his name. It's somebody I've been meaning to do a story on probably for about a decade. And finally, this week, we're going to talk to him. Uh, now, this is the guy who uh, is the second richest man, so he claims, in Uganda. He says he's worth uh, more than $100 million dollars. Is the richest man, as you know, Sudio Ruparali, is somebody I've spoken about a lot, who's worth something like $3 billion. But, um, yeah, we're going to be talking to him this week about his life as an entrepreneur. He had a very, very tragic start out in life. His um, father was killed during the Idi Amin regime uh, back in the 70s, and uh, he became head of the household, and he was just 13 years old and the major breadwinner. And he went up through sugar trading, went through war, he went through uh, coups, uprisings, and now he's a rich person. But Shane, man, this week, uh, well, this month, he's likely to get a, quite a knock in his um, in his wealth because uh, of his exposure. He's a major shareholder in a company in Uganda called Umeme, which is an electricity distributor. Now, they're taking a huge knock uh, this year because of the COVID pa- pandemic, which um, obviously cut back the um, demand for electricity amongst the uh, big users in Uganda. And uh, they're looking at a 70% drop in dividends. So he's quite heavily invested there. And one of the the, the sad things about this story is that it's not only the drop in demand that's the problem, but it's also um, the uh, government was putting out an electrification policy, the same as in South Africa. And uh, because of a lack of money and all that's happened in the last year, they've had to suspend it. So the sad part of it is there's a lot, the company is facing a lot of power losses because like South Africa, uh, many places in South Africa, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are um, making illegal connections. They're not waiting for proper connections. And uh, they're, um, uh, so the company is facing a loss, terrible loss there. Uh, it's rough, but I'm, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure it'd be a fascinating discussion. Nevertheless, we'll keep an eye out on Billionaire tomorrow for that interview. Talk to me about Kenya and oxygen. Um, we're seeing surges in infections in uh, that part of the world. So we see Tanzania beginning to take uh, a more proactive approach when it comes to to dealing with. COVID-19 under its new president. Uh, what is the what is this happening in Kenya when it comes to oxygen and oxygen supplies? Well, in Kenya, the number of people in intensive care is increasing. I mean, the latest figures I saw is about 370 people are now stuck 
in uh, intensive care. And what the problem is, the hospitals are suffering a severe loss, a severe uh, shortage of oxygen. Obviously, people on ventilators, et cetera, et cetera, they need oxygen to stay alive, and there's a severe shortage. Now, um, the government is uh, searching everywhere for oxygen. I mean, they complain that a lot of companies and institutions are sitting on something like 20,000 cylinders of oxygen that could be used in hospitals to save people's lives. Now, now, one of the country's richest men, uh, a guy by the name of Narendra Raval, he's the Kenyan steel billionaire, He's, um, he's come up and he's pledged, I mean, they obviously use a lot of oxygen in the steel process in Kenya, and he's come up and pledged free oxygen to the hospitals to help save people's lives. Now, the reason I think it's interesting, because a lot of people are always saying, you know, oh, millionaires, billionaires, they do nothing for the people, they never help out, they make their money, they just pile it up, they don't put anything back into society, and yet... Here's a man who will be able to say, hopefully, in six months, a year's time, that he's saved um, scores of fellow Kenyans, uh, saved their lives just by opening up his heart and opening up his oxygen supply from his company for use by the people, um, but not uh, one penny in return. Um, so much of whether we succeed or fail depends on the way we think about the world, our mindset, for uh, to use a trendier word. Um, and it was so interesting that there was a survey about whether or not Elon Musk could have become a dollar billionaire had he stayed in Africa. And we know Elon Musk is what either the richest or the second richest, depending on what's happened to the Tesla share price um, in the world right now. Um, could he have succeeded, do we think, as Africans in Africa? Well, I mean, he has just been named today, actually breaking news, as the second richest person on the planet. Uh, he's worth $151 billion. The Tesla um, share price has surged, as you know. Apparently, he's put on $126 billion in net worth this year alone. So if you look at it in context, that's about more than six times what Aliko Dangote is worth. And he's put this on. But, yeah, it was a shame. I mean, it's a survey that we ran, uh, Billionaire Tomorrow, um, just to see what people thought. And then quite a few people voted in this uh, little poll we had. Would he have made it? And then sadly, more than 80%, nearly 90% of the people who voted said no. He wouldn't have made it if he'd stayed in Africa. As you remember, he left um, South Africa in his late, in his when he was about 17 years old largely avoid military service in those days, and he made it to the big time in the United States. But, I mean, I spoke to Christo Visa, the, the billionaire, the other week, and he was saying that um, he thinks that um, he didn't think that he, Elon would have made it somehow, but he wouldn't have made it as big because the capital pool isn't as big on this continent as is in the States. But it's just a shame that people just say, well, he wouldn't have made it if he hadn't gone elsewhere because a lot of people on this continent do make it. They most certainly do. Maybe not on that scale, but certainly um, we've, we've got plenty of billionaires to prove that you can make your bucks. Um, and depending on what it is that you choose to do and how you choose to do it and when you do it, could Elon Musk have made it in the current fields that he's in in Africa? I think I would agree with the, the findings of your poll on that particular front, uh, simply because our ecosystems aren't evolved enough. Not yet anyway, but thank you uh, very much to our Africa Business Report correspondent this evening, Chris Bishop, the founding editor of Billionaire tomorrow.